Well, today we are finishing up kind of a series on worship, and uh, one of the things that I wanted to look at is we've been looking the last two weeks about how important it is to show up on Sunday mornings and to show up with hearts and minds that are prepared to, to hear the Lord speak, to hear the Lord speak through music and to hear the Lord speak through scripture and the message and we also talked about minimizing distractions where we need to understand that there may be somebody here today that is in this worship service that that moment that they're here right now matters. It matters for the kingdom of God and we don't want somebody to miss that. And last week we looked at how church is a place where you become aware of the presence of God and, and we also understand that that's where you get connected and where God speaks to you and through you and has a conversation with you and as a believer you leave committed. And this week I want to look at how the absence of worship in someone's life can disconnect them from God and impact their life in a negative and traumatic way. And I want to use an example, an unusual example from the Old Testament as we look at King Nebuchadnezzar. Now, why would we pick a pagan Babylonian king as our example? Because Nebuchadnezzar had come to know the God of Israel through an individual named Daniel. Daniel gave Nebuchadnezzar prophecies and Daniel served King Nebuchadnezzar and represented God to him. He had seen God's power and acknowledged that the God of Israel was the one true God. And then also he had a run in with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who wouldn't bow down and worship the 90-foot golden God that an image he had made of himself, Nebuchadnezzar. And he saw how they survived the fiery furnace and again he acknowledged the one true God. And here we are 20 to 30 years later, the king has forgotten the God of Daniel and Nebuchadnezzar suddenly has a troubling dream and he remembers Daniel and brings him in to interpret it. And Daniel says, King, God has given you all these chances, but you have not humbled yourself. Because you gave, were given all these chances, God's going to remove you as king of Babylon for a season of time. And not only are you going to lose your kingdom, you're going to lose your mind. You're going to go insane. Be kicked out of the palace and live like an animal in the desert. But Daniel continues, you can avoid this if you humble yourself, if you listen to God and honor God with your success. If you honor God for your success, you can avoid the fall. Unfortunately, the king did not listen to this solution. He does not humble himself. So he lost everything he had worked for. Nebuchadnezzar failed the test of success. And it's a reminder that you and I, we need to understand that sometimes success can be a bigger, bigger temptation and cause from us to turn from worshiping God than trouble and trials. And we need to pay attention to the warning signs because often when these things are happening, when things are going good in our life, 
we don't see the warning signs and, and every success has seeds of its own destruction because pride blinds us to the warning signs. See, Nebuchadnezzar is given the warning, yet he's blind to it, ignores it, and he could have avoided this fall. So what are the warning signs in our life? And I want to look at these that are up on the screen here that we have. And what we see here is first the warning of conflict. Conflict can be a warning. If you're not getting along in a relationship, if you're not getting along in a, a vocation or a career, it may be a warning that, that you're not connecting with God and you don't have that heart of worship that you need. Also, chaos in your life where things are out of control and nothing's, uh, nothing seems manageable to you and, and, and God's the last thing on your mind and, and you just can't pull it all together. Confusion about where you're going, what you're doing, what your calling is, what's your identity. And then also a warning sign, your heart isn't set for worship is also temptations coming in. Temptations that are, are wrong, like, like uh, gambling or some type of, of Satan's darts that are, are not healthy. But then you also have those healthy things that can come up that we talked a couple of weeks ago, like fantasy football getting going off on the phone during the service, or you're making up your grocery list. Those are temptations. And see, what happened was Nebuchadnezzar was told that You've got these warning signs. You're given a warning by God. And if he didn't change, he was going to lose everything. And see, that's a problem that we have sometimes. We have warning signs out there. That's why we have the Bible. But what we see going on, if you look at Daniel 4, verse 27, he says to us, Therefore, your majesty, be pleased to accept my advice. Renounce your sins by doing what is right, and your wickedness by being kind to the oppressed, it may be that then your prosperity will continue. So he's saying, simply repent of your sins, do what is right. That's all it takes, king. That's all it takes in your life. But we see that that repent, which means to change your attitude, to change your direction, does not happen. And one of the reasons is, is because pride comes into our life. You know, pride, the middle letter of pride is I. And so often, pride is about what I get, what happens to me. It's about I, 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 I. But humility is what God's looking for. Humility is a choice. Where pride accepts the credit of what other people and God have done in our life, Humility is thinking less of yourself, and humility is thinking yourself less. Thinking of yourself. See, humility is having a, a realistic estimation of yourself. And it's about thinking about others more than yourself. And a humble person with humility is a person that has their, their life centered on God. They understand that God gives you success not for your own benefit, but for the benefit of others. Just like he says here, your wickedness by being kind to the oppressed. So he's saying you need to be doing something to help those that need the, 
the uplifting of your wealth and your possessions. See, when we understand that, when we understand that humility and that God is the source of our success, I think God will give us more. See, God sees if you're faithful with little, and, and when you're faithful with little, we're told that He knows you'll be faithful with much. So what happens here? Nebuchadnezzar puts off doing the right thing, and if you look at Daniel 4, verse 28, it says, 12 months later. So he puts it off, and then said, all of, us, all of what King Nebuchadnezzar dreamt actually happened to him. He was taking a walk on the flat roof of his royal palace in Babylon. As he looked out across the city, he boasted to himself that this is mine. See, he did this in spite of the warnings of Daniel. He waited and procrastinated. And it says, as it continues in that chapter 4, and as the words were still on his lips, a voice came from heaven. This is what God decrees for you, King Nebuchadnezzar. Your, your power is taken away. You're no longer the ruler of this kingdom. You will be deposed from the palace, ostracized from everyone, forced to live with the wild animals, and immediately it happened. He lost his kingdom and he lost his mind, and for most Bible scholars say for the next two to seven years, he had fallen from grace. It was a public fall. It was embarrassing, acting like a wild animal, like a fool. But how many times have we seen that happen, though, in the lives of people that are around us? Have you ever been around a friend or a family member that's trying to decide to do something that God didn't want them to do, and you know they're just walking off a cliff, so to speak, doing something so self-destructive that you think, uh, uh, don't go there, and you tell them, hey, have you lost your mind? I remember a guy that I worked out with in Greensburg, uh, and he, he called me on Christmas Day to let me know that he was leaving his wife, and and two kids for one of the one of the workers there at the gym and and that he was just leaving them and I, my thought was have you lost your mind or when somebody said well I'm going to leave my husband what you're going to break up your marriage for that guy people do this all the time just like the king their self-destructive behavior and and they run from God and what happens is their lives collapse and many times in very public and humiliating ways. See, we see that God does have mercy for King Nebuchadnezzar because after his time of, out of, him, of being out of his mind, God restores him. Now, I want to look at the steps Nebuchadnezzar took to get back to sanity. There was a road of recovery for Nebuchadnezzar. And what it says to us is when we have a major failure, we can do these things too. And if you look at Daniel 4, verse 34, it says to us, after this time had passed, I, Nebuchadnezzar, looked up to heaven and my sanity returned. This is what Nebuchadnezzar's testimony is and what we need to do first. We need to look up to God. Especially if we have 
never took that step, if you're a person that's never accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life, we want to encourage you to take that first step to make him the Lord of, the li of your life so you have someone to look up to. But too many times we look everywhere else as Christians and look for everything else to solve the mess we are in. We look to other people. We look to government. We look to our husband or our wife or to ourselves to solve our problems and just to, to find some way to get out of that mess we're in. But what you need to do is to look up to heaven, to look to God. And in life, sometimes even God has to lay us flat on our back before we will look up, to put us at rock bottom through the decisions that we make when we walk off those cliffs before we will look up to him. The second thing he did was he woke up to God's greatness. He woke up to God's presence. See, that's what worship is about. You're not worshiping your greatness. Worship means focus on God. It's getting your focus off yourself, off your problems, off your humiliation, and getting back focused on God. So how do you do that? You do that by worshiping Him. You read your Bible every day. You pray every day. You develop Christian friends. You get into a Bible study during the week or a Sunday school class. You go to church weekly for worship services. I don't know if you've looked at the Shelbyville paper, but there was an editorial that talked about their studies and research that go on that show that in good times, people back off from going to church. And they also back off on giving to the church. And they get thinking, well, I won't go to the church this week. I'll, I'll go once a month. That's enough. And I got a raise and there's all this extra money coming in. So let's go buy a boat or a cabin or a camper or a condo. And we'll spend three weekends playing and once a month we'll go to church. Well, really? Is there anything more important in your life than hearing from God and worshiping Him? If there's anything that you know of more important than worshiping God on a Sunday morning, please let me know and send me an email so I can uh, discover what you have discovered that is so important in your life. See, getting in touch with God every week in worship, when the doors are open, understanding that you need to be there. And you say, why? What if that Sunday worship, you missed the message, and it was the Sunday God was going to speak to you to turn the direction of your life, and you missed it because you were doing something else? I don't know about you, but I don't want to miss what God is going to say to me. And some of you need to make the commitment to be at worship every single week. Not like once a month or two out of four Sundays. See, it's more important for us to hear from God in worship than anything or anyone else in our life. So wake up to God's greatness and start worshiping Him. It says in Daniel 34, the end of that verse, it says, My sanity returned and I praised and worshiped the Most High, honored the One who lives forever. See, no matter how bad things are you're going through, you get better when you replace pride with praise. When you're a person that, that
that is able to replace pride with praise of God, watch what happens. See, when things are going good in your life, this is a test as much as the bad times with delays and difficulties and suffering and pain. And every time things are going good in your life, you need to ask Jesus, please help me to not be prideful, but to stay praiseful. To stay praiseful. And when it comes to the good things in life, don't ever think you did it on your own strength. Because success is dangerous. Your greatest test may not be that you lost a job or you got fired, but your greatest test may be your new job or your promotion. Because all of a sudden, you are overly involved in your job and you're on a career track and, and you're focused on what's at work and you forget about God, you forget about church, you forget about worship, you forget about service and ministry and all those things. Understand your greatest spiritual test may not be when you go in debt. Your greatest spiritual test may be when you get that raise and you go out and buy that stuff that makes you quit thinking about God. And when it comes to good things happening in your life, please use it as a chance to worship God and celebrate and give Him thanks. But understand, you wouldn't have it without God. So look up to God and wake up to God's greatness and start worshiping Him.